I'm Teresa Steger from the Principal PLN Podcast, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. And get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. Hey, hey, Burned In Teachers. Welcome to episode 32 of the Burned In Teacher podcast. One part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support for teachers dealing with burnout. Last week, we heard from James Fester, and he shared ways that he's been supporting his wife through her transition into a full-time classroom teacher position, which, as you can all probably relate to and understand, can be pretty traumatic in some ways, as you realize how incredibly difficult some aspects of this profession can be. How did that episode resonate with you? Let me know by either sharing your realizations or share what action steps you're taking to take control of your burnout on Facebook or on Instagram by taking a screenshot of the episode, whether it be James's episode or any other episode in the 30 plus episodes of the Burned Teacher Podcast, and share what's had the biggest impact on you. And don't forget to tag me at Burned In Teacher. And if you're ashamed to share that you're attacking your burnout with the world, then today's episode is going to be just the thing for you. And before I get started, though, I want to give a listener shout out to the Callie Sotan who left a review and is taking action in his or her life because of the Burned In Teacher podcast. They said, teachers have few resources for finding help when they are feeling the burnout. So Thank goodness that Amber, her podcast, and her community are available to help provide support and advice to educators facing everyday problems. Thank you so much, the Cali Sotan, I love that name by the way, for your kind words and support. I love hearing from members of the Burned In Teacher Facebook community and of course the listeners of this podcast. So don't be afraid to leave a rating and review and let me know how I'm doing. And of course, you can always email me at support at burnedinteacher.com if you have any ideas for future episodes. Today, I'm going solo to talk about all things vulnerability and mental strength. You see, it's occurred to me through what I've been seeing on Instagram and things that I've been hearing from teachers that I work with in a local school and in the Burned In Teacher Tribe, as well as what I'm learning in my own journey, that all of these things can become confusing and seemingly contradictory to one another. And therefore, we just ignore it all and continue on our path to burnout because it seems easier than choosing what to let influence us. So in this episode, I want to review what we've heard from our teachers and experts this month about trauma and and solutions because there are certain things that each of them have shared that I want to bring to light and really dig into in this episode. Next, I want to define some words that are buzzing around in the world today so you can reflect on your own patterns as you've encountered past trauma or drama and move forward with a clear understanding of how to apply what you learn to your current reality. And then I'll share some things I've noticed in the world of media, including everything from a Netflix special to words that I'm hearing come out of the mouths of people I work with, as well as what I see teachers posting and commenting on Instagram. Finally, I'll share some essential questions that you can ask yourself and steps you can take now to step out of shame and into both strength and vulnerability. How though? How can I be strong and vulnerable at the same time? Well, my friends, that's what this episode is all about. So let's learn how we can begin to have the serenity to accept the things you can't change and the courage to change the things you can. Let's go. 
Welcome to the Burned In Teacher Podcast. I'm Amber Harper, and the educators on this podcast are brave enough to share their stories of burnout with the world. On BIT, we get real, we get honest, and we take action. Action against the burnout with stories from burned out teachers, advice from experts, and actionable steps you can take today to beat the burnout and become a happier, more fulfilled human being. Let's get started. All right, Burned In Teachers, so we're going to dive right in with really pulling out some main points from these past four episodes. Trauma in my own life or my student's life is burning me out. So we started in the first week of April with Lori Desitels. The main takeaways I took from her are that students either can't identify or verbalize how they feel because they don't have the words. Students don't know how they feel. So using a sensation word can help students to explain themselves. So instead of saying you feel sad or angry, they may say that they feel stuck or shaky or teary, edgy, butterflyish, or calm. Do you or can you verbalize how you feel? That's what I want to take away from that. So what, and she said this quote so well, she said, what you can name, you can tame. What's shareable is bearable. And she took that quote away from someone else too. So name it. I, I think that even as adults, we struggle with this. So if you can't find the right words to describe how you're feeling when you walk into your school or you think about your classroom, make up your own. You have to be able to name how you're feeling as you seek support and as we'll talk about in a little bit, get vulnerable with your situation. Then the next episode was the second week of April. That was episode 29 with Erin Garl, and she was struggling with multiple episodes of trauma in her life. And my main takeaways that I want to pull out of that interview is that smiling and moving on is not the best cure for dealing with major trauma in your life. If you're doing that and feel and falling apart inside, you've got to act on your needs. Mental health is nothing to move to the side. So acknowledge it and take steps to reach out for help from those who you trust or a professional. My next takeaway from this is that giving yourself permission and enough grace to admit that you sometimes need professional help Going through trauma and ignoring the warning signs will not make the traumatic effects of your experiences go away. And I know that in my life, I have experienced different types of trauma than Aaron, but that's exactly what I did. And I know for a fact that it contributed to my burnout and some breakdowns that I had in front of my friends at work. Episode 30 was Alina Aguilar. And she talked about resilience and disposition. Resilience is the ability to thrive through the struggle and challenge. So it's different than survival. It's the ability to get stronger through the adversity. Any educator needs to cultivate that in order to teach. There will be pain and suffering in life and in teaching. And the second takeaway from her was pay attention to your disposition. That's an attitude or way of being. You can be optimistic or purposeful But when we can embrace our emotions and we don't have to suppress them, we're going to have a different world that we're living in. And that all comes down to disposition. And then last week, episode 31 with James Fester, he shared ways that he's supporting his his wife as she steps into the classroom. So a couple of things from him were ask for what you need. Assuming all responsibility for all the things on your own is not sustainable. And that is that belief that we as teachers, we can just do everything. It's easier to do it ourselves. We'll just do it ourselves. But you aren't weak when you ask for help. You're actually being vulnerable in that moment. 
You're showing courage by saying, I can't do this by myself anymore. And the second one that I took away from James was make time to process the positive. Oh my goodness. It's so easy to focus on the negative things that have happened, especially when we're in groups of other teachers. Be intentional about what you choose to focus on. Find time to share the things that went right. Okay, so part two of this episode is all about definition. So I went to dictionary.com and I looked up the literal definitions of some of the words that you've heard me use today and words that you've heard me use in the past and other people that have come on to the show. So the first word that I looked up the definition for was trauma. Trauma is defined as an experience that produces psychological injury or pain. Drama, on the other hand, is any situation or series of events having vivid, emotional, conflicting, or striking interest or results. I think it really could be hard sometimes to be able to tell the difference between trauma and drama. And I think it really comes down to the other part of the title of this episode, which is the serenity to accept the things you can't change and the courage to change the things that you can. So if we look at specific words in these definitions, for example, trauma has the word experience, psychological injury or pain, and drama uses words like situation and events having vivid, conflicting, striking interest So I think that helps us to define the difference between those two things as trauma being an event in your life that has produced psychological pain in some way, probably based on something that you either can't or couldn't have controlled, where drama, on the other hand, is a situation of interest that can have that striking, vivid, emotional, conflicting feelings that you have while you're involved in that specific situation. Now, here's where some opinions can happen in your own experiences with drama. Now, I don't disagree that drama can happen either closely around you or even involve you at the beginning, but I truly believe that we get to choose whether or not we participate in it and that it is ultimately something that we can control and can separate ourselves from in different situations and in different ways. The next word is resilience. Resilience is defined as the ability to recover readily from illness, depression, adversity. I would even add in there trauma or burnout. Disposition actually has three different definitions, so I'm going to share them with you. The first one is the predominant or prevailing tendency of one's spirits, natural, mental, and emotional outlook or mood. The next one is characteristic attitude. And the last one is the state of mind regarding something. It's their inclination, their physical inclination or tendency. I think Alina had a really good way of defining it as your state of being. Mental health is defined as psychological well-being and satisfactory adjustment to society and to the ordinary demands of life. I'm going to step away from dictionary.com for a second and actually jump into Amy Morin's book on 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do because that's where I got the definition for mental strength. She says developing mental strength is about improving your ability to regulate your emotions, manage your thoughts, and behave in a positive manner despite your circumstances. She says there's a three-pronged approach to really becoming more mentally strong. The first one is identifying irrational thoughts and replacing them with more realistic thoughts. The second one is behaving in a positive manner despite the circumstances. And the third prong is controlling your emotions so your emotions 
don't control you. I wanted to uh, define for you mental health versus mental strength because they really are two different things, but they can really complement each other in your search for balance and well-being in your life. (laughs) I will say, when I read this book, I thought, oh my Lord, I am the least mentally strong person that I probably know. So it's a great read. I'll include a link to the book in the show notes. Okay, so back to dictionary.com's definitions, and I'm going to cover two more words. The first one is vulnerability and the second one is courage. Vulnerability also has a couple of definitions. The first one is capable or susceptible to being wounded or hurt as by a weapon. The next one is open to moral attack, criticism, temptation, etc. And the last one is of a place. So being open to assault, difficult to defend. Wow. Vulnerability sounds awful, but that's why it takes so much courage. So courage is defined as the quality of life or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, pain, etc. without fear. And it also stands for bravery. Okay, so I actually lied a little bit. There's one more word to define, and that's the word serenity. That's the state or quality of being serene, calm, or tranquil. That's quite the opposite of drama and trauma, isn't it? I'll tell you why I'm telling you about that word here in a second. Speaking of courage, vulnerability, disposition, mental health, and mental strength, I'm so excited to let you know that this episode is brought to you by the Renew, Recharge, and Reignite Teacher Wellness Retreat that my good friend Kim Strobel and I are co-hosting together. This two-day retreat is your chance to step outside of the classroom and step back into your life. You'll learn tips, tricks, and techniques for injecting happiness back into your teaching practice and your personal life. You'll leave burnout behind and walk away renewed, recharged, and reignited with courage and confidence to face next year's challenges. You'll learn five happiness habits to increase personal and professional positivity, methods for fostering relationships with students and coworkers, how to accept your past journey and make plans for changing your future path, and ways to rebrand yourself as an educator and human being, and much, much more. It will be held June 10th and 11th in Nashville, Indiana, a beautiful and quaint town in central Indiana. And I have to tell you, seats are limited, so don't wait to register. Go to bit.ly slash teacher retreat or burnedinteacher.com slash retreat to learn more today. Before we move on to the third part of today's episode, I want to talk to you a little bit about the serenity prayer and why I put it into this episode and why I actually have brought it into my own life. I shared in the Facebook group not too long ago that I have developed an extremely unbelievable fear of flying. I went into more detail about it in the Facebook group, but I will save you time by just telling you that in the last five to 10 years, my fear of flying has gotten worse and worse. I don't know if it has to do with being a mother, getting older, that lack of control. I don't know what it is, but I have decided to start taking steps to um, to take control over my fear of flying. And so I was doing some research and I actually came across the serenity prayer. As you probably already know, the serenity prayer is really strongly associated with addiction. So I did a little bit of research on it and I simply Googled this question. Is the serenity prayer only for addicts? And I actually found this great site called steppingstonecenter.com. And I'm just going to read you these few sentences that talk about this, okay? 
The serenity prayer was originally a prayer that Reinhold Niebuhr used following a sermon in 1943. It was later adopted by Alcoholics Anonymous as part of their program of recovery. The serenity prayer is a good guideline for daily living regardless of whether you are an addict or not. Acceptance of our past, present, and relinquishing control about the future is one of the hardest things for individuals to do. Can you relate? Most of the time in recovery and not, we are attempting to change our present circumstances and feelings rather than accepting current reality. Courage is the ability to face your fear and forge through. Even though your current situation may present trials and tribulations, there is always a blessing once you get to the end. Have the courage to change what you can control, how you respond to your circumstances in your life. Knowing the difference between when to change versus when to sit with acceptance is a skill that needs to be exercised in order to get better at it. Individuals are wired to have a strong desire to be in control, and when this is challenged, most of us will find other ways to release frustration. For addicts, this becomes fuel for alcohol and drug addiction. The serenity prayer can be applied to almost all situations and is a great tool for life. So there you have it. There's no shame in saying the serenity prayer when you are trying to accept things in your life that have happened in the past and to move forward, but also keeping in mind that there are things that come across in our lives that we can decide to take part in or we can choose to move on and make changes. If you've never heard the serenity prayer before, it goes like this. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. It's so simple, and I say it almost every single morning. Now, if you are secular and you are not of a particular religion, then you can take the God part out. All I'm saying is that this is a great way to focus your day and your time on things you can control, which are your emotions, your beliefs, and your behavior. Now, in reference to trauma versus drama, which is the title of this episode, this is where the serenity prayer really comes into play for me. There are things that have happened in my past that have been very traumatic. And if you know me personally, you know that I have had things happen in my life that I I just can't control. And there are things that have happened in my life where I blamed myself for that really weren't within my control. The serenity prayer for me is really letting go of the things in my past and moving forward because there's nothing that I can do about the past. I can do things about my future and how I behave and how I think and how I feel and how I react or rather proact to things that I know are going to challenge me. Now, in reference to my fear of flying, that's why I've decided to bring it into my life because I will fly again. In fact, I hope to fly many more times in my lifetime. So I need to set myself up for success when I get on that plane so that I don't freak out, embarrass myself and my family in the future. (laughs) So I'm saying this prayer every day in a calm setting so that when I get on the plane, I can get myself calm and say that prayer to myself over and over and over again. Hopefully, eventually alleviating that fear of flying that I have and relinquishing control. Again, in reference to trauma versus drama, let me tell you something I've realized through this research for this episode. My fear of flying is dramatic. I'm being dramatic. There is not a traumatic experience that I have ever had on a plane. My fear of flying is irrational. There's not one specific event 
or experience in my life that made me afraid of flying. It has to do with this interest that I have in fearing the worst for no particular reason. Now, there are things in my past that have been traumatic in my life. And we've all had events in our life. No one has had a perfect, squeaky clean background. We've all had things that have stuck with us and made us fear things or be mindful of things that other people may not be able to understand. However, going back to the serenity prayer changes everything because I can't change the way I have been dramatic on planes in the past. I can't change the traumatic things that have happened to me in the past. All I can do is really think about what it is that I can change going forward. For example, you've heard my story of burnout. And if you haven't, go back to episode one and you'll hear all about my journey through education. I finally came to a point in my career, and this is after I started doing some research and of course reading some good old self-help books, that I decided that, you know what? I continue to complain and be negative about the school that I'm working in. Why am I doing that? Why am I spending my life being miserable and making those around me miserable? It's time for me to go. Did it turn out exactly how I had hoped right away? Absolutely not. It didn't. It actually it actually put me into a serious place of drama and maybe a little bit of trauma because there were so many unexpected events that happened after that. But what happened when I took control over my work situation is it began to snowball. I realized another thing that was contributing to my unhappiness in life is that our family wasn't in a place that we really enjoyed living. So we moved. It was as simple as that. Well, maybe not that simple, but my point in telling you this is just because change is hard doesn't mean that it can't be done. And it doesn't mean that it's not necessary in order for you to be your happiest, most fulfilled self. So now on to the third part of today's episode. And that's really me just sharing with you things that people are saying around me or that I'm that I'm finding on Instagram or other social media platforms and things that I've been watching and reading and how all of this can kind of become a jumbled up mess because again, like I said in the intro, it becomes so noisy and even especially when you're going through burnout and you're trying to decide who you're going to let influence you because that ultimately is your choice. There are so many different ways to be pulled. So for example, you can clearly hear the different dispositions within the Burned In Teacher Facebook and within my tribe group compared to the dispositions and the things that people are saying on Instagram, for example. Here are some things that they're saying. I have so much going on at work this month and it's overwhelming. I'm choosing to be happy and let the other stuff go. It's hard, but I'm trying. Someone else said, I want to extend my reach of how I support students by supporting teachers. Instructional coach or something of that sort would be thrilling. Here's another one. I'm finding it difficult to feel too many emotions about testing. I just keep saying it is what it is and that it's out of my control. Here's one more. When stimuli get overwhelming, give yourself a timeout. And how on earth do I do that as a teacher? (laughs) That is the truth, right? How are you supposed to take a timeout when you need to step back if the stimuli is overwhelming? Now, these are from my Facebook group. And as you can probably tell by the disposition of these teachers, they really are seeking support, stating what they want, and hopefully taking action. That's what the group is all about. Going to a place, stating your struggles, asking for support, and therefore taking action. 
these people in my Facebook group are not there for drama. They are there to share their experiences, to seek support, and to change the things they can. They know. They are wise enough to know the difference between the things they can and cannot control. And if they don't, we are there to help them. Now, this next set of posts I actually took from Instagram. And it's Instagram is such a funny place to me because you have two sets of drama sometimes. The first set is, of course, those Instagram or Pinterest-worthy classroom reveals and, you know, all of these beautiful setups that cost God knows how much money. We never know how much time it took or who helped them or how much money they spent on all of these supplies, but it's enough to make us feel inadequate, therefore thinking that I'm not enough. My gosh, I should be doing more. And then there's the other side of Instagram And really all social media is like this, where you can get down a rabbit hole of drama. Now, I love Facebook and Instagram, but the possibility of getting sucked into a toxic conversation or toxic comments is very high unless you are going in with a disposition or state of being positive. And unless you're always going back to, can I change this by this conversation? Am I helping? Am I serving? Or am I just adding to the rise of blood pressure? I've talked about this before on the podcast that if you walk away from a conversation and you started that conversation by asking for help or stating something that was frustrating you and you left that conversation with a higher blood pressure than when you started, you were venting. You weren't seeking support. You were adding to the drama. And sometimes that can feel really good, but it does not solve anything. And that's the type of conversation that I see a lot on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, et cetera. And you have to decide if you're going to add to the drama. That is something you can choose and you can control. So here are some comments that I took from Instagram recently. If we all know this, why won't anyone listen that has the ability to change the rules? This statement is on point. The next person says, everyone screaming about students going through trauma should realize that many teachers are going through trauma right now just trying to do their damn jobs. Someone else said, I'm sorry, when has it become okay for students to sell marijuana and smoke it in the boys' bathroom and there are zero consequences? Lots of question marks following that, by the way. What does that have to do with us not caring for our students? After 21 years, don't tell me I don't care about my students because I wouldn't be doing a job that mentally, physically, and emotionally drains me on a daily basis. Maybe it's not the teachers who don't care. It's the parents who don't care about their kids. Now, whether or not you agree with these statements is beside the point. The fact is, is that people that choose to engage in conversations like this have to make a choice. They have to choose if they're going to be mentally strong, which of course means improving the ability to regulate emotions, manage thoughts, and behave in a positive manner. That's a choice that we make. And engaging in this kind of drama is not serving anybody. Anybody. And this particular post had over a thousand comments, and most of them were not positive. They were not supportive. They were not solving anything. All they were doing was raising blood pressure, which even my blood pressure raises whenever I whenever I read those comments. So what is this helping? So when we talk about trauma versus drama and we talk about serenity and courage and vulnerability, posting things like that is different than being vulnerable. Getting vulnerable is all about deciding that you're going to seek support where and when you need it. Like I said earlier, 
vulnerability is not the same as being weak. This is where I want to get into the Netflix special, The Call to Courage by Brene Brown, which if you follow me on Instagram and you saw my Instagram story the other day, I was obsessed with it. She approaches these things that we can and cannot change in a totally different way. And she says, vulnerability is not live streaming your bikini wax. It's not about sharing every single piece of your life. It's about asking questions. It's about being honest with yourself. It's about or having those gut check conversations that are hard. They're hard. And especially the ones that you have to have about yourself and your own resilience and your own disposition, your own mental health and your own mental strength. I'm telling you, when I read 13 things that mentally strong people don't do, like I said earlier, I was really ashamed. But that's what all of this is about. The fact that I was ashamed of the way I behaved in the past, but that doesn't mean that I can't change the way I behave in the future. And if you're reading posts like what I just read on Instagram and you're engaging, that's not being vulnerable. What we need to do is decide this isn't working. It's not been working. Have I tried anything? Have I asked anybody for help? It's time to stop the shame, have some courage, have some strength, be strong enough to ask for help when you need it, and be cognizant of the things that you can and cannot control, because we can't control where kids are living, typically. We can't. We can't control how they were brought up. We can't control, like Dr. Desitels talked about, we can't control those connections that were or were not made when they were babies. All we, can, can, all we can do is try to be the best relationship builders, the best co-regulators, both with our students, our coworkers, our principals, our families. And if things aren't working out, we have to have the courage and the strength to be vulnerable enough to say, I need help or we need to have a conversation. When someone asks you how you're doing, how do you respond? Do you say, I'm keeping my head above water just like everybody else or... I'm surviving, or two more days until Friday. If that's the way you're responding and reacting, then you're not having enough courage to take control by asking questions of yourself. Could I do this better? Could I ask for support? What can I research? What can I bring into my life to take this stress level down? Because surviving making it to the weekend, keeping your head above water. Those are things I used to say until one day when I decided I was going to be vulnerable enough to take some chances and strong enough to ask for support and to be honest about how I was feeling. And that's what I wish for all of you. So what I'm going to suggest for you is to make a list of all of the things that are challenging you. Everything. It might be a long list. But then... I want you to make another list associated with the things that you listed. Can you or can't you control them? Because if you can't, you have to have the serenity to accept the things that you cannot change. If you can change them, and even though it may be hard, even though it may be a tough conversation, even though you may have to learn something new, you're going to have to have the courage to change the things that you can And you really do need to be wise enough to know the difference because 
that is going to make or break your ability to get out of this burnout. That's all for this week's episode. Until next week, I wish you a career and a life full of happiness and fulfillment. You just took another step to become a burned-in teacher. I'll see you next week. Burn on, everybody.